0: Ninth Story Studios, giving Story a voice.
1: Welcome to the lift.
2: Get ready to take a ride. Hello, I'm Daniel Foytek and I thank you for joining us for a special episode of Victoria's Lift. Today we’re presenting the fifth chapter of our 10-part miniseries by Christopher Long to those who Thrive in the Dark. This miniseries dives deep into the mythos of Victoria’s world and features Victoria facing ancient gods, fay folk, ghosts, monsters, old enemies, and a certain little brother with ulterior motives. Before we get started today, a big thank you to those who are supporting the show. Those supporting the show at the $5 a month level and above are hearing these episodes first, since it's you that have made this project possible. This series will also be released as a novella at the end of the run, with an expanded story that takes you deeper into our world. Now, hold on tight, and let's go for a ride into the shadows on Victoria's Lift.
1: Victoria's Lift to those who thrive in the dark. Chapter 5 Weaving Spiders Come Not Here by Christopher Long. You know the problem with archaeology? All that digging down makes you people believe history is dead and buried contained neatly beneath your mowed lawns and freshly painted tarmac roads, pinned forever under the foundations of your houses. Well, let me tell you, history is never that far away, and if it gets the urge, history can reach out and change the present any time it wants. It's hidden in song lyrics. It's burning behind the eyes of every grudge inherited down through the gene pool. History is in your road signs. It's in your town names. Now, I guess you know all about the history of your town. Back in the 30s, this area was flooded with refugees, victims of the Black Blizzard. And when meadows really started with these homesteaders, whose land had risen up and tried to kill them, after it had blinded them and tried to choke them, leaving some poor souls coughing up lumps of dirt. There was nothing plain about the plains back then. Some folks stashed their hard-earned land patents in with their meager belongings and headed west in rickety old trucks, leaving the rotting breadbasket of America far behind. Others stayed, unable to admit defeat, or simply because flight wasn't an option for them. Take the Larsons. They were trapped in a home which had been sold to them on the promise wheat was worth more than gold. Instead, it became a web of debt as they spent on credit, hoping to buy better machinery to farm the land which kept trying to bury them alive. Their crops had been shredded by the blizzards, and most of what they did manage to sell wasn't worth much at all. It certainly never earned them any gold. Jacob Larsen was the eldest of the five children, barely in double figures, He'd worked on that farm day after day, until he was too tired to stand, helping his father dig out the tractor or the plow in an effort to find something they could harvest. Even if it was just for the family to eat that night.
0: Jacob, we need to get inside.
1: These days, you look up and see rain clouds and think your day is ruined. Back then, the Larsons would see a black horizon crashing down on them, with flocks of birds struggling to fly ahead of it. Every single one of those storms must have felt like it was coming to end their world, once and for all.
0: Come on, boy.
1: Hush now, children. It will be all right. Look. His
0: Papa and Jacob to keep us safe.
1: While his father boarded the windows and hung wet sheets over the doorways, Jacob had to search the walls for cracks before stuffing rags and glue into every offending gap. Not that anything could keep the blizzard out completely. Their meals, their drinks, their beds. Every comfort came in a thick layer of scratchy black dirt. Nothing was safe. Jacob had watched the wind nearly lift the roof off their home before he'd seen his father reaching up, straining to hold it in place. We need water.
0: It'll have to wait until the storm passes.
1: But who knows how long this storm will last. My love... I'll go. No, Jacob. I'll be fine, Mama. I'm small and fast. It won't take me long. Whether it was bravery or not is hard to say. Jacob was certainly what you'd call determined... He'd grown up resilient in the shadow of the dust. It had consumed his childhood, one storm at a time. He was used to the sudden drops in temperature. The sight of the chickens roosting in the middle of the day convinced it was night. The dead rabbits he'd find scattered underfoot in the aftermath, dead from exhaustion, their lungs packed with dirt. That day, like every day, He simply wanted to help his family to survive. So he took the bucket and headed for the door. Jacob, don't fuss, Mama. I know the way to the well by heart. You'll need this. He wrapped the wet bandana she handed him over his face and fought his way out into the wind, into the swirling black swarm. Jacob knew how many steps would get him to the well, He'd walked the short path a thousand times before, night and day. Only this storm was crueler than most. It wouldn't let him see past the tip of his nose. It tore at his clothes as the gales conspired to rearrange the world. Hiding every landmark. Stealing every clue that told him he was on the right track. He'd heard stories of people getting lost between their yards and their houses when a blizzard hit. Not all of them survived. Or there was their neighbor, Mr. Kelly, who'd been blinded in his car after being blown clear off the road. Or the dead Whitman babies his father and mother had whispered about after his youngest siblings were in their bed. Some nights... Jacob felt like he could hear those buckled little Whitman bodies crawling across the floor towards his exposed toes. That day, alone in the storm, he fought to keep the terrors at bay. Clutching his bucket, leaning into the wind, he thought he saw some shape slipping past him in the maelstrom. He worked hard to convince himself it wasn't there until it came too close to be ignored. It was too large to be a dog or a wolf, so vast it could have almost been a bear. A bear that was whispering his name.
0: Jacob. Jacob? Jacob?
1: Can you see him?
0: I'll search it the upon.
1: They searched high and low for the boy. They found no sign of him, only his bucket, hanging on its rope, halfway down the well. They searched, and they waited, and they prayed. But Jacob never returned. No one ever found his body. It took weeks before the family were able to admit that he was gone. It's my fault.
0: It's no one's fault. He wanted to help He always wanted to help. I... I can't stay here anymore, Anders. Not after this. And where should we go? California? You heard the stories. People are living in camps there like cattle. I didn't travel all the way to America to live in a shack.
1: We are living in a shack. A shack in the very middle of hell. Nothing can carve a human heart so keenly as anger and grief. That day, both of them dug their sharp claws deep into every fiber, every nerve-ending Ingrid Larsen had left inside her. They strained every muscle, tested every sense. She stumbled over the dead ground her husband insisted on calling a farm. She passed the broken corpses of animals, the fresh drifts of black dust. She thought about her other children. She couldn't face losing another. She walked and walked until she left the roads and fields behind. She waited until she didn't know where she was anymore. And she walked further, into the gathering dusk, into the growing night, until she looked up and saw an impossible tree ahead of her standing like a totem in the grey, dead landscape. Beneath that tree, someone was waiting for her. Jacob? We're sorry, Mama. We never meant to cause you pain. She couldn't see his face clearly, only his thin shadow in the cold moonlight. Behind him, there was something larger, something darker and shaggier. She could smell wet fur, but she refused to believe it was a bear, not here. Its eyes glowed like starlight, its fur as dark as the black blizzard's, if not darker. My boy, you sound so different. Her son and the bear padded closer, the bear always staying behind him large enough that she could see the dust staining its legs. Leaves and twigs caught in its fur. Something deep in Ingrid stopped her rushing to her boy. It told her to stand very still. If I'm different, it's because I've been saved. Saved?
0: By who? He doesn't like people to say his name out loud. I would like to know who saved my son from the dust storms. You can help him, Mama. You can save them all. Me? You and me and my friends together. That's why we came to wait for you here. I am your proof. Proof of what? Proof that we can save them from the dust. From the debt, From the hunger. From death itself. This is a dream, isn't it? A selfish, stupid dream I need to wake up (laughs) I'm sorry, Mother. He doesn't mean it. He's just... Worked so hard to bring us our salvation. Salvation from death? My dreams are making you speak nonsense, my child. You were never the fanciful one. Maybe my heart finally broke today and took my mind with it. Mother, please. I need you to listen. We can build something special here and others will come. They'll be drawn by your stories of hope. But we made a grave for you. Your father used some broken fence posts for the cross. It nearly killed him to plant it in the ground. But I'm not dead, you see. I'm safe. Then come home with me. That farm isn't my home anymore, Mama. I must stay in the shelter of the tree in the river, safe from the storm. What river? I don't see any river. It is beneath the earth, waiting. When the others are with me, we will dig with our hands and his river will flow with water as sweet as the saddest songs. But, my little one, he's a bear. He's so many things. You just need to bring the others to us, Mother. Let them be safe with me. This isn't real. This can't be happening. Mama,
1: look into my eyes. Ingrid Larson could only watch as the pale little boy knelt before her. The sight of his new eyes made her weep. They were the same as the bear's. And the light from those eyes seemed to wash the grey world away. The next morning, Anders found his wife on her knees, sobbing, close to their well, clutching something close to her heart.
0: Where have you been? The children were very sick. I... I saw our Jacob. Oh, my love. I know how it sounds, Anders. He wanted me to save his brothers and sisters. Maybe you were right. Maybe we should move on. This place isn't good for any of us now.
1: Only his wife wasn't listening. She opened her hands and showed him their son's little homemade bandana. Still wet from the day he'd stepped out into the storm.
0: Did you find that near the well?
1: He... he gave it back to me. It took time for the bear's spell to weave itself into her tired, disbelieving heart but it found purchase there eventually, once her despair grew too great to ignore. Ingrid Larson began to believe she could save them all, and that belief spread like poison. Just as her son had predicted, others did come after she took her children to him, and a river forged a path through the dirt. A wood grew around that miracle, and a town grew around the wood. This town. Each of the new arrivals to Anwen Meadows met with Ingrid. All of them heard tales of their impossible savior, and they were also given a warning by her. There is one threat, and
0: one threat only to our little fledgling town, my friends. One threat we all have a duty to watch out for. It is not the dust. And it is not the government. My Jacob has told me that we all must be aware of a small, determined, green-eyed
1: girl.
2: Thank you to you, our supporters, for making the show and this mini-series possible. Today's episode featured Cynthia Lohman as Cuckoo Stone, our Tales narrator, Sven Martins as Anders Larson, Erica Sanderson as Ingrid Larson, and Jacob Larson, and Karim Cronfly as Ursa the Bear. Sound design was created by Davis Walden, our sound designer and the creator of the Viridian Wild podcast. The Viridian Wild is a fantasy adventure audio drama podcast following mythozoologist Sebastian Verwood, as he travels the world studying magical creatures. You can find the show at ViridianWild.com, That's V-I-R-I-D-I-A-N. Or you can subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. Today's custom score and theme song for our show was created by our resident composer, Nico Viteze of We Talk of Dreams. Find Nico at We Talk of Dreams or streaming on Twitch. Also, Nico has created his own audio drama podcast, a limited run with five episodes. Nico was kind enough to ask me to write a story for the podcast so you can find my story, Finding Hope, as episode four. You can go to wetalkofdreams.com forward slash connections to find the episodes and listen to the podcast. You can also, of course, find it anywhere where you get your podcasts. Artwork is created by Jeanette Andromeda, illustrator, artist, YouTuber, and all-around amazing human. Find her being creative at JeanetteCreations.com. Our author is, of course, Christopher Long. You can find him at cjlongwords.com. Chris has been featured on Victoria's Lift, Shadows at the Door, and the Wicked Library multiple times. More of his work is available on Amazon. Story editor and producer is Daniel Foytek of Ninth Story Studios. That's me. Our co-producer is Meg Williams. Until next time, keep your music box wound and follow Victoria on Twitter at liftguide or the main page is at Victoria's Lift.